The Hall shoot save. Smith the rebound stop. Another try. They score. Braden McNabb, his first of the year. Two to one Golden Knights. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Side of the net, extra passing. Smith settles, his shot knocked down. It's a loose puck in front. Now Smith scores! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Ballard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas, Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Ballard, Chris Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... Well, that was good last night. Uh, a thriller throughout the game, back and forth. Uh, some very interesting decisions by the referees and the situation room. We got to see all different kinds of challenges by the head coach. And in the end, it was a player simply grabbing the game, taking charge, and doing his thing as a superstar in the National Hockey League. And that was a great game by Jack Eichel. And the fourth line slash energy line was outstanding. Best game across the board by all three players that I've seen throughout this season. Uh, the only disappointing part was the early exit by Mark Stone as we get into the victory last night over the Florida Panthers in come-from-behind fashion. You know, that's the 11th time this year the Florida Panthers have surrendered three goals in the third period, and they did in a back-to-back games. If you're wondering... Why all the metrics say that they should be good, but they aren't winning games. It's that being able to lock down uh, a a win. And Vegas was able to uh, use that to their advantage last night and come out of uh, of uh, the victory to start a seven-game homestand in, well, what is it? A five-game homestand that's really a seven-game homestand because they played the three uh, earlier. So uh, it's it's wild. Uh, Vegas back on top of the Pacific Division and leading the Western Conference uh, sole possession. Uh, we're going to get into it all today. Yeah, uh, Vegas now 2-1 and one on that seven-game homestand that's really now a five-game homestand, but it's actually a seven-game homestand. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird to, to get your head around it. But to get into uh, a little bit of a rhythm, uh, it was uh, we, we said last night that on, on our show uh, that mm. the first five minutes was probably going to be one of those where it took them a while to get into it, and once everybody got a couple of shifts, they'd be able to round it a form. Uh, unfortunately... Florida scored early, and and uh, and that that goal kind of stood up. But for for a large majority of the game, Vegas was was pretty good. You saw uh, the advantage of of having uh, that uh, refreshed and uh, and uh, reinvigorated uh, push by the, by the Golden Knights. And in the third period, when they really needed it, they were the much better team. Yeah, one hundred percent. I thought their their third period was great, and it started obviously. Uh, with that big five-on-three penalty kill for the Golden Knights. Uh, Aiden Hill, a couple of big-time saves, and, and I thought Aiden got better and better as the game wore on, too. Uh, but for the Golden Knights, you know, it felt to me that as soon as they were able to kill off that five-on-three, this was a team that was going to come back and win the game. I, I didn't really have any doubts. In, in a, You know, when you kind of look back at the L.A. game, that 5-1 loss on home ice. It never really felt like the Golden Knights were going to be able to mount a push or a comeback. Uh, It was the exact opposite for me last night. 
against the Panthers. I just felt like it it, it was something the Golden Knights were going to be able to push to do in that third period. I've heard it a couple of times about Aiden getting better throughout the game. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much people are watching are able to articulate what that means. And and I don't necessarily uh, think that he got better throughout the game. I thought he was pretty good all, all, all throughout the game. So uh, tell me, explain to me what a goaltender getting better throughout the game means when he's he's only given up, uh, uh, he gave up uh, an earlier goal, but wasn't really his fault. Uh, it was a strange goal, and uh, and then he got, got victimized in the second period. Well, you didn't see a lot of shots early, right? So there's there's that, that mental edge that you have to have to be able to, to kind of lock yourself in when you do get busy. He gets busy the back half of the first period. I thought he was, he was good then for sure. But to me, it, it felt like when that third goal for Florida came off the board, it was the Anton Lundell sharp angle shot, beats him up high from a severe angle. Um, it, as that goal came off the board, to me it felt like Aiden Hill was going to be unbeatable. I, I did not get the sense that he was going to allow another goal. And there's there's really not anything else that I can kind of say outside of that. I think that he locked it down. He was really, really good at, at making the saves that he, he was supposed to make, that he needed to make. And I thought he was great on the 5-on-3. I thought he was seeing pucks. He was holding on to rebounds, catching everything, getting stops, getting getting allowing his penalty killers to reset. I just thought Aiden Hill had that, that feel about his game back half of the second period into the third period where he wasn't allowing anything else. Yeah, Good. Uh, I'll, I'll take the explanation because uh, I, I was a little bit puzzled as to uh, what, what it all meant. Uh, he was more athletic last night than I've seen him. He looked more comfortable uh, last night than, uh, than I've seen him uh, at times this year. Uh, certainly following up the victory over the Pittsburgh Penguins gives him some confidence. Uh, and I thought he was pretty consistent throughout. I, I didn't like the Lundell goal that came off the board, so good on him uh, for, for getting a break there. He did say that uh, he thought it was offside and maybe was a little distracted by that, that play, which I get. Like you're, you're mm-hmm. kind of looking at the officials. You're you're wondering like they they missed one. That's bad. And and then Lundell comes down and zips it by by his ear, which is a shot that uh, that we see uh, a, a lot. The first guy that I ever saw use that to his advantage, by the way, uh, on a consistent basis, was Dustin Bufflin with the Winnipeg Jets. Mm-hmm. He loved shooting that, and he would he wouldn't really be aiming for a spot. To be quite honest, he was just shooting it for that area, and if it hit the goalie in the head. It, fine, mm-hmm. uh, but he was shooting for that spot, and sometimes it would go straight in. Sometimes it would go off the goalie's head. Sometimes he'd miss the net. Uh, but he was really dialed in. One of the uh, earlier guys when uh, the goaltenders would use that uh, that ceiling uh, positioning uh, on the side post, and they really have to get their their shoulder, and, and they almost have to use their head to to block that that spot. But uh, I thought it was a, it was a puck that should be stopped. Uh, it's a good shot when it goes in. So there's a bit of give and take. On on that side, uh, but I was really happy for for Aiden Hill. Now the the big question coming out of the whole night, though, uh, win, lose, or one point uh, out of it, was going to be the status of Mark Stone. Uh, here was Bruce Cassidy, and we'll play the entire conversation with the media uh, from this morning a little bit later on the BGK Insider Show. But the first question today was about Mark Stone. Yeah, he was in this morning. Um, he's still getting some tests done, so he won't play tomorrow. We'll put him as week to week for now, um, and see where we're at uh, once he gets back on the ice. Is it his back? It's his upper. 
So it's his upper body, and that's mm-hmm. what they're dealing with with Mark Stone. No more on top of, uh, of that as far as specifics with the injury. And uh, upper body, we know, can be anything from uh, the head uh, right on down to the midsection. We've spent a lot of time this week on upper body. It's a lot easier to mm-hmm. uh, determine where that injury or the um, at least uh, uh, upper half, uh, lower half is than, than the VGK canine show has been able to, to, to do. But, uh, but the big concern is whether or not it's uh, a return of the back injury. I'll say it's the elephant in in the room. I don't know that right now. Week to week uh, does not sound like it's going to be uh, anything where he is back. Well, we, we got a couple of weeks before the All-Star game. So week to week would mean to me, if I'm looking at it straightforward, that we're not going to see him back until uh, after the, the bye week in the All-Star game. Yeah, and that's kind of the the direction I'm going with it too. Obviously, now, you know, Bruce did kind of mention that uh, you'll you'll get more information kind of as the days go on, as more tests are, are going. Putting them at week to week for now is is kind of the baseline for where we're at. But um, yeah, I, I would imagine that for for Mark Stone and and you know certainly in in kind of dealing with what Mark went through last season. You want to take your time with this and you want to make sure that whenever he's ready to go, he's a hundred percent ready to go. So uh, I agree. I, I think you've, you've got a couple of weeks until that bye week until the, the all-star game. So I, I think that maybe first week of February, the, those games against Nashville, Minnesota on the road, maybe that's kind of when you're, you're targeting a return. If, if that's the timeline we're working with. Yeah. Here. And I don't want to scare anybody like, but Shay Theodore has been week to week for a while and, and yeah. he's been out uh, uh, longer than uh, I anticipated at the initial injury. Cause that one looked uh, weird. It looked bad at the start. Mm-hmm. And then we mm-hmm. got word that it wasn't as bad as what it looked. Uh, but he's still been week to week uh, for uh, a significant period of time. I certainly hope that, that the captain's not on the lineup for that extent of time. Uh, one area that I do think is important to touch on, uh, I went back and I watched uh, all of his shifts. He had four shifts last night, and I watched those this afternoon, and there was nothing obvious that came about it. There was uh, some bumping. There was some contact. There was some working uh, inside the zone. Uh, I watched him skate off uh, for his last shift. There was no hobbling or, or anything like that. There's discomfort because he left the game, didn't come back, and now he's listed as week to week. But there is nothing that you gravitate to uh, from the television side uh, last night that the, the producers and directors were looking at or uh, from what I looked at today in, in really watching it closely that, that jumped out at you where he went, yeah, it's A, B, or C. So uh, I'm as uh, uh, much of the uh, mystery of, of what it is. Just uh, hope, uh, and this is, this is really because he's been so great and so consistent, uh, mm-hmm. uh, has to be a disappointment for, for uh, Mark. Yeah, 100%. I mean, this has been, you know, to me, a player that that has been everything you could have asked for coming off of a big injury going into the season. Mark Stone's been phenomenal. He's been great for this Golden Knights team. Uh, Heartbeat captain, 
anytime you've needed a big game, it's been Mark Stone who's who's really come through and and kind of put the team on his shoulders, especially through the, those periods of injuries to the likes of Jack Eichel and through the Shea Theodore injury and, and, and really what's happened over the last couple of weeks. So um, you were hopeful, right, that, that the injuries were kind of going to go away. We, we even talked about it here on this show. Let's just try to, to, to blame one person, that'd be you, Darren Millard, and, and get all the, the injury um, stuff out of the way. And, and unfortunately for Mark Stone, he, uh, he could not return to the game last night and you know, hopefully he'll be back sooner than later. So he leaves the game, and Vegas falls behind one nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much whether there's direct correlation uh, in in what he was dealing with uh, in the game, and then leaving the game to Vegas uh, not uh, being like bursting out of the gate. But I talked to a couple of people uh, both last night and today, and players uh, today. Uh, and they were very uh, upfront that it it can rattle a team when when you see mm-hmm. your captain and your one of your star players, uh, it it can get you off your off your game a little bit, distract you uh, a little bit. Then they know how much uh, Mark wants to play. They know what he's been through to get back on on top of his game, and it it did look like it knocked them out of sync for a little bit. Plus, you've got the trying to find the the lines. Yeah, I, it, it was really interesting in, in kind of how Bruce Cassidy went about uh, filling that spot and, and where he was double-shifting Chandler Stevenson and Jack Eichel. Now, that all being said, I, I think it's human nature, right, to, to be in a situation like that where uh, you, you, you worry for the player, you worry for your teammate, you worry for you know the guy that, that is your leader on this hockey team. Um, and then you've you've been through it for the last two seasons. Like it's it's been nonstop. It feels like for the Golden Knights to have to continue to deal with players and, and players of, of a large magnitude within this lineup coming in and out and getting injured. So um, I thought the Golden Knights did a really good job of kind of getting it back on track. And, and certainly, you know, you you needed some individual players. To really come good through. job. You needed a, yeah, a great job. Uh, you needed individual players, right? You needed some guys to kind of pick up and and find a way and 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 do something for you. I thought Keegan Colasar, as you mentioned, uh, the fourth line for the Golden Knights was really an engine in that game last night. And then Jack Eichel doing Jack Eichel things. That's why you go out and get a player like that. And, you know, you had a, a, a couple of big performances to boost you in, in a period where, you know, the, the, the game could have easily gotten away and it didn't. We'll get into the Mark Stone situation a little bit more in hour number two. But when you reflect on last night's game, and the victory over the Florida Panthers, they score four goals. Do you remember a game where the Vegas Golden Knights have scored four goals in such different fashion? They, they, they were totally different goals and execution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't really. Um, I, I certainly don't remember a game-winning goal for the Golden Knights that was scored in that way. Um, but, you know, you'll take it all day long. Uh, yeah, it was it was dynamic. It was different. You you have Jack Eichel in, in you know, breakaway behind the net or behind the, the, the defense, great pass from Caden Korzak, the ability for Jack to stay on side, fend off a, an attacker, and then put the puck exactly where he needed to. That's just individual skill all, all day long. Keegan Kolasar with a great play to, to kind of freeze Bobrovsky, slide it over to Nick Waugh, who puts it in a relatively empty net. 
William Carlson, uh, short uh, power play, empty net goal. You don't see many of those too often. Yeah, it was it was really interesting how how unique the the offense was last night for the Golden Knights. And then they had chances around that uh, from. Marcia So and Riley Smith, uh, two players that uh, that were really buzzing the tower last night. But uh, I, I just loved the the versatility uh, in the in the game last night in the way they were able to score. the The first goal of the game, the Nick Waugh goal off the pass from mm-hmm. Keegan Colasart. They jumped on the ice, and there, Florida was wondering where there's too many men on the ice. Uh, at the time, and then they had a defenseman who was on the far side. I have no idea what he was doing over there, and they grabbed the puck, and and Keegan Kolasar makes great play and freezes both Bobrovsky and the defenseman who was trying to recover from the other side. He came in hot, and he was scrambling and and all over the place, and and Keegan makes an outstanding feed for for the one timer. I loved that play. Uh, as for as for the Eichel, like being able to grab that puck that seemed to be mm-hmm. getting away from him on the. Break, uh, breakaway, and it was going to slide into uh, where it wasn't going to be an opportunity. That long stick and that reach and speed, quite honestly, to be able to react with with the great hands, uh, that that threw Bobrovsky off. I, Bobrovsky for sure thought that that was going to end up being uh, a play that wasn't going to be uh, a shot on goal uh, because of where that puck was. And uh, that's just a natural situation when the puck is, is getting away. And then carry it to the, to the net. I, I don't know yeah. whether Will yet knows that he scored that goal. <laughs> hey, there's, there's a television replay. And go back and look at it. It's from the corner, the handheld in the corner. And Will Carrier's face is is pointing to that, uh, and and he's looking around, wondering whether there's a penalty called, because he has no idea that the the yeah. puck uh, ended up across the goal line, and it ended up across the goal line by about an inch and a half. Uh, yeah, Bobrovsky almost uh, made made a miraculous save on it. Uh, so so those are those are wild. You got the great one timer, you got the breakaway, uh, then you've got going hard to the net and. That different style of of being able to score goals is not just off the rush. It's not just uh, making great plays. It uh, it's uh, going to the net hard uh, within that, and uh, that is the way teams need to be able to to ham and egg it uh, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Those goals right in tight are so important, whether it's off a rebound or whether it's uh, carry uh, having one go off them and into the net. Those impress me as much as any breakaway or uh, pass like like Keegan Colasar, uh, quite honestly. Finding a way to will that puck in the net and cause disruptions in front of the net and get the puck in uh, is is really valuable. Well, we, we talk about how important it is to crash the net, how important it is to, to go to those dirty areas to score those goals because sometimes in a game – that's all you really get, right? You only have those those opportunities that are in tight, and, and you've got to find a way to to get it through. And you know, I, I love the fact that Will Carrier and, and Keegan Colasar in that situation get rewarded. Colasar makes a, a great play, kind of along the wall, gets the puck right there to Carrier, and he goes hard to the net. And and when you do that often, consistently, good things happen. And you know, for Will Carrier, big goals. It seems like half the goals he scores this year are, are big time goals, game winning goals for the Golden Knights. He's got five so far of his eleven. And you know, when Will Carrier scores, good things happen. Yeah, he continues to get it done. I love that they all had big nights. Uh, Keegan Colasar again was two thirds of the way 
to a Gordie Howe hat trick. He's never had one in the National <laughs> Hockey League. Professionally, yeah, yeah. yes, but not in the National Hockey League. And think about this. It's twice in the last couple of weeks that he's been two-thirds of the way there. Uh, uh-huh. One yeah. time was a fighting goal, one time uh, fighting an assist uh, yesterday. And I was rooting for him last night to be able to yeah. put that thing on the board. And and that was a good go last night uh, with, with the scrap. I love what he did. But then to be able to uh, follow it up as well with the with the uh, beautiful, beautiful play. And, uh, and by the way, he was sitting in the box when the whole stone thing uh, went down. And you're in there for a couple of minutes, and you're watching the rotation, and you're watching to see who's taking your spot in in the lineup, and and uh, who what how the coach is, is moving things around. And I uh, chatted with him this morning, and he said that he was he was seeing okay, they're out there. That uh, combination is is going. What? Where's Stony? Where, where, where's Mark? Yeah. And then whether it's just uh, at the end of a shift or a rotation or, or equipment problem, next time around he's not in there again. So. He's in there for five minutes. He's got time to to really settle into it, and and that is was one of those ones where everybody's aware uh, that that the captain wasn't uh, wasn't available anymore, and they had to make sure that they went out and won it for him. And there was, uh, quite honestly, a go out and get this thing done for Mark Stone mentality because he's been so good during the rest of the injuries uh, in the last month. Yeah, of course. I, I again, I think you're you're rallying, right? You, the Golden Knights had a lot of different uh points in the game last night that they could rally around. Obviously, you want to rally around your captain who left the game and didn't return. You want to rally around uh you know whether or not you felt that first goal of the game for the Florida Panthers should have counted. You want to rally around not drawing any calls when you you probably feel there should have been at least one or two power plays prior to the one you were awarded after a failed challenge. Like there were a lot of different points for the Golden Knights to rally and again I, I think that this team has just been able to be mentally strong within games, patient within games. And, you know, last night to me was, was the Golden Knights trusting in their game plan and, and executing and, and getting it done. That was a response to, given what Seattle's done in the last two weeks, how mm. Los Angeles has made a push and got to even terms in the Pacific, and the fact that there's a three-way tie going into last night's game for top spot in the West. Going out and winning that game was big to be back into sole possession going into the weekend. I I like that uh, side of it, the uh, message sending uh, around the conference uh, with the Vegas Golden Knights w- was big. Now, we we had reviews, we had second looks, we had uh, a situation room uh, looking at stuff last night, uh, both with the beautiful, uh, wonderful uh, goal that... Uh, the Will Carrier scored, where it goes off him and in, mm-hmm. and, and that was challenged mm-hmm. late. I do believe that if that goal occurs in the second period, that's not challenged. Uh, but because it was in yeah. the final three minutes and it was a go-ahead goal uh, for Vegas, Florida had to take a chance on challenging yeah. that and and getting finding something uh, that, w- that would take that off the board. It was, a, it was not even 50-50, but in that predicament, late in the game like that, uh, I, I, I thought 
Paul Maurice had no choice uh, but to challenge, and and it didn't work, and and it gave Vegas a power play, and they were able to put the game away. The offside uh, play, uh, that that's one. Uh, Dave Rogowski uh, with the, with the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, they're looking at that uh, every entry that comes into the zone. They're mm-hmm. they're they're looking at it. Uh, you everybody else is watching the the puck and and the, and the play. Uh, Dave's breaking down whether or not that that's offside. So if if the puck does go in. He's ready to say uh, to Ryan Craig uh, on the bench, "No, we got a challenge. We got a, we got a, a bad entry on that, and and that that's the easiest one, quite honestly, to call uh, we, between the mm-hmm. linesmen and the referees and the situation room because it's it's so clear, black and white. It, now it can yeah. be really close, and it was, but uh, but it's it's much more black and white. Goal interference is. To the to the average fan is more ambiguous, and uh, sure. and we sort of had a, a combination of that on the first Florida goal, where uh, the net is knocked off the moorings, but the puck mm-hmm. goes in the net. I think they got it right. I agreed with the decision. They changed this a couple of years ago, and I want people to, to know about this. It wasn't that the net was off that was going to determine whether that was a good goal or not. The net can be mm-hmm. off and the puck go in and the and the goal stands as long as that puck is on the basically the other side of the net. The going in where where that's not nowhere near a post. If it goes right sure. in the middle of the net, it makes the post coming off really irrelevant. And they changed that rule a couple of years ago, and I think it's a really good rule. It, it generates a little bit more offense, and uh, it, it takes just away from people trying to do that and and, and getting uh, uh, a break uh, with it and and using it to their advantage. So I, I think the the right call was made on that. Uh, I, I was uh, uh, not not obviously didn't want Vegas to fall behind one nothing. But it was consistent from from what I've seen elsewhere. The the question was, who knocked the net off? Like who caused sure. the net? Now if it's if it's Florida that causes the net to come off before that puck went in, well, you've got a reason to call that goal back because th- right. they they did knock the net off. But if if Vegas causes that net to come off and the puck goes in the center of the ice uh, net, then no, it, it it should be a good goal. How did you see what occurred? that caused the post to come loose uh, before the puck crossed the line? I mean, I I, th- I feel like it was a, a combination of Eric Stahl losing his balance and Ben Hutton being there. Now, do I understand why, you know, the Situation Room came up with Ben Hutton's actions cause Eric Stahl to, to go into the net? Like, yeah, I do. Um, and I, I didn't really have much of an issue with it at, at in the in in real time, and you know I certainly didn't have any issue with it when it, it was kind of reciprocated and consistent later on in the game on the Will Carrier goal. So I I I didn't have much of an issue with that specifically. I thought that um, you know it, it was probably going to be a play that you know, Nick Cousins had a wide open net and he found the pocket he put it in. So um, I you know I, I I think you can go either way. Depending on how you want to view it, how you want to look at it, but there was contact with Ben Hutton and, and Eric Stahl, so I understand why the reasoning was what it was for the uh, for the officials last night. Yeah, it, it was it was difficult for the officials to determine like does Stahl just blow a wheel uh, as he's trying yeah. to get to that puck, but the uh, 
presence of Ben Hutton and there was contact made makes it more likely that uh, even with with sliding out of his uh, his blade uh, with with uh, Eric Stahl that there was some contact that would cause the net to come off. So it, it was consistent all the way around. The the Carrier goal uh, was was uh, obviously pushed in. Uh, that was easier to I think uh, get into even uh, even with the challenge. So I, I, I'm I'm happy with the officiating last night in the sense of those calls. They sure. let a lot go. <laughs> there, oh, it, yeah. It's hard to believe that uh, that Vegas didn't get any power plays until the very end on the on on the challenge. Like there was there was a ton uh, that that was let go. I, that part is a totally different story than the reviews. Vegas came out. <laughs> Vegas came out winning two of the three reviews last night. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, you'll yeah. take that. Well, a hundred percent. You'll you'll take that. And yeah, I. I I think that you know on those particular plays, the the goal for Florida, the goal for Will Carrier in the Vegas Golden Knights, I, I'm I'm fine because they were consistent, right? Yeah. Uh, everything else though was was not incredibly consistent for my liking over the course of the game. There were plenty of uh, of infractions that could have been called, probably should have been called. But that's consistency um, too. Well, yeah, but I I don't necessarily believe the Petrangelo trip on Barkov is a trip on Barkov. I think it's Barkov falling down, and if you're going to call that, you've got to call other on the fringe yeah. trips or at least the infractions, the stick the stick fouls in and on the hands like that was let go. And if you're going to let that go, you've got to let go that Petrangelo quote trip on Alexander. Well, Barkov. that just happened so fast. I, I think that that was a byproduct of the speed of the game and where the puck was and where the play was and it's right in in top of the crease and uh that in first glance that looked like a penalty. Quite honestly, first view um and that that's a that that was a tough one. Second glance you're like you look in the replay going, "Oh, they they probably missed one on, on that side." But uh speed of the game. Do you like those types of games, and and bring in Chapman here as as the fan. Do you like it when the referees let the teams play and fewer power plays, or would you like them to be a, a little bit more locked down and calling everything? I I like the idea of letting them play. I do too. I I'm on board with that. Give me free flowing hockey. Let yeah. them play. There's nothing wrong with a little physicality. As long as it doesn't cross a line, like we're not talking headshots or anything like that. I'm, but I'm, but I'm, you know you're gonna you're you're gonna have some calls against you yeah. that go uh, by the wayside. I'm okay with that. I am okay with that as long as it's consistent. Yeah, I don't. I let them play. It's the same in basketball, same in hockey. Let them play. Give, let let me get the physical aspect in the game. I'm with you on this. Uh, the 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 less ticky tack calls. I I can't uh, stand it. It but, slows the game I mean, down. The, the, the Eichel. Chance that he had right in the middle of the slot that looked like a, a penalty. Yeah, and yeah. maybe nine times out of ten other games on that, a different that, night, it's probably called. It is called, but the fact that it was loosely officiated uh, penalty wise throughout the night, I enjoyed those games a little bit more. What about you, Ryan? I I struggle with this because generally speaking, I want the players to be able to play, but when when you're allowing hacks and hooks and in plays with the the stick fouls on the hands that that's taking away quality scoring chances and you're not calling those then then what are we doing legitimately that, like what are that, we doing that's the mix right like you you got to live with that 
if you let them play or you don't live with it. It's it's, it's almost uh, there's a line there. Well, I, I guess the line is what are you going to call and what are you not going to call, right? Like if, again, stick infractions on the hands that take away quality scoring chances should be called to me. Like if you want to put the whistles away for certain things, if it's, you know, tripping penalties in the neutral zone or, you know, something along the wall, cross-checking, whatever, like, okay, fine. But when you've got a player that's got a clear opportunity for a scoring chance, they're getting hooked, they're getting slashed, and they're not allowed to complete that chance. I think that needs to be a penalty. Should have been a penalty, would have been a penalty, maybe another night. But uh, on on the whole, they did officiate it looser. And uh, it was it was just funny to watch different people react. Uh, I had a chance to watch last night's game uh, with Jeff Sharples, uh, former Las Vegas Thunder. And he was uh, he did the first intermission with me. And he played 17 years pro. And I got the sense from Sharples that he would – like called a little bit closer. I mean, and, and he played through all different eras uh, mm-hmm. uh, of this mm-hmm. game, uh, especially we, we point to the Jack uh, situation. But when you're going to call it looser, you can't say, okay, I'm only going to call this area looser, stick fouls, but I'm going to, I'm going to let the physical side go. You almost got to take it uh, full bore. And it, it's, there's no right answer here. We're, we're upper body, yeah. lower body and a dog again, uh, where, where bo- both sides matter. People want everything called because there shouldn't be any uh, infractions, and and they got to call it uh, like they would in the first period, in the second period, in the five minutes uh, of overtime. You got to call it the same. And then there's other people who are like Chapman and I. We we just discovered that we're on the same page again. Boy, this has been an illuminating few months for us uh, coming together. Where where we would like it, uh, or we're we're fine with it being a little bit looser. Yeah, I I don't know that I'm like comfortable with it being as loose as it was last night. Well, last night, to me, felt like it was too loose of a game. And this goes back to, and I hate to do this to you, but this mm-hmm. does seem to go back to the conversation that we had earlier this week regarding the Michael E. Minden hockey parlay contest in which yep. if there's no, and we're going to play it today, we're going to invite somebody to Come on with us at 702-876-1340, not now, and they're going to be uh, asked to pick the winners of three different games that we give them, and if they're successful, they're going to win 300 bucks because we, mm-hmm. we up it by 100 every week. And it's a 16-week contest, and I propose that if at the end nobody's won uh, the, the pot, that, that we get to walk off with the cash. Chapman was all for it, and you went to the rules. You were all sure, rules, yep. rules, rules. Yep. And so this is consistent with you. You're you're a yep. rules guy. And Chapman and I, we kind of walk the, yeah, yeah, we walk a gray area. Yeah, you do. It tracks for you guys. You're a bit of the rules <laughs> rules place. The stickler. Um, we we got to yeah. go. Uh, yeah. But when we come back, I got to give a shout out to uh, a good buddy of Keegan Colasar's. And uh, I want to do that. And we'll play the Mike Lee Minden Hockey Parlay Contest. One-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. There were some cool things that, that, that happened last night in a weird evening of results in the NHL. And full commentary from... Head coach Bruce Cassidy regarding his morning media availability and what happened last night. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. 
I didn't know there was lyrics to this. I thought it was just some good old big bass. Do you know who it is? No, no clue. No. Oh. Who is it? The Weeknd. Oh. Who's ready for it? I'm ready for it. <laughs> Where's uh, Daniel Craig? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm the Weeknd. It's The Weeknd. Yeah. Uh, we got the Michael E. Minden Hockey Parlay Contest uh, coming up in just a little bit. Uh, what do you guys think mm. of the physical part, the the bite to that game last night? Mm, loved it. Loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I I like seeing that bite every now and again from the Golden Knights. Um, I, I know that this is a team that will stick up for one another. There, There's no shortage of that with this Golden Knights team and when you've kind of put Alex Petrangelo past the point of no return where even he's upset and he's taking some of those penalties and, and essentially inciting um, a mini brawl. Uh, You're talking about I that situation in the second that. period? Yeah. Oh yeah. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Pulling, pulling, pulling Sam Bennett down, uh, ragdolling him and getting Matthew Kachuk a little bit uh, bothered. I, I, loved, I loved that from the Golden well, Knights. Well it started early too because Really early into the game, we get the Colasar and Smith fight. Yep. And Colasar showing off his, his new haircut. You All know. right. Henry's. <laughs> Henry over at Henry's. <laughs> that's where it is? That's it. That's the, that's that, the shout out. Yeah. That, that's his guy. <laughs> that's awesome. We talked about it today. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. It, it's a good look. Yeah. It both. inspired me to go get, not to Henry's, but uh, a, a really good uh, tight look today. What's, what's funny is I don't think anyone knew, and Jack in the postgame, let us in that 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 Keegan had gotten a haircut and and then Nick Walk kind of joked about it as well. So uh, I, th- I think Jack's Jack's comment was yeah he had the strap a little loose. Henry <laughs> Barbershop wanted to show off the, the 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 new the new the new haircut. But I I thought we have never seen that Alex Petrangelo as a member of the Golden Knights. Like he's like the most mild mannered. Hold on, before so- we get there, let's on Keegan. Yeah. What do you think of going to the penalty box and getting the crowd going? Oh, he was. We don't see it. that it's side. Great. Of Keegan I, I very love often. the emotional yeah, side of so Keegan Colasar. But Keegan, when he when he scores, he doesn't celebrate. Yeah. And so seeing him drop the gloves and go over to the box and get everybody going was a little bit out of character for him. And I thought, what is this? And how do we get more of it? Well, I think he may have sensed that the the crowd was was a little deflated following yep. what had just transpired, and it was a good way to get them into it. You know, good on him, good on him for recognizing a good way to get the crowd into it. And you know, it, I I like it. I like the emotional side of Keegan Colasar. I like. I mean, we always talk about emotional Mark Stone, but I like to see raw emotion, and occasionally we get out of guys like Riley, or 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 like last night, Petrangelo, where we don't see it that often. It's kind of cool to see it. Yeah, it is. Uh, Henry Barbershop. Check it out. <laughs> awesome stuff. And what a setup in there. I totally get to, uh, why uh, Keegan uh, heads over there. So then you get the Petrangelo situation in front of the net. So yep. He and Kachuk are going back and forth. And then Kachuk comes back in and tries to get at, at, at Petro, which was like he tried to pretend he was going to get a stick or something. I don't know whether you guys saw it. And then he jumps over at Petrangelo. Here's the really interesting part about this is those two mm-hmm. go way back. Like way back to when mm-hmm. Matthew is just a little guy. In St. Louis. Like he, <laughs> Pet, Petro watched Matthew grow up in, in mm-hmm. St. Louis. Mm-hmm. So to, to have the two of them doing that, 
was was it took it to uh, another level with, with the layer to it. Oh yeah, for sure. You know that there's some ties there between uh, Alex Petrangelo, the Kachuk family, and you know I'll say this: Matthew Kachuk is really, really agitating. He loves to play that role. I thought it was a really good move from Alex Petrangelo to kind of get Matthew riled up, who, to be honest with you, was pretty lackluster to me. For for a, a game in Vegas with Matthew Kachuk in it, uh, he just didn't have the bite that I would ordinarily expect to see from a player that loves playing against the Golden Knights, has great success against this team. Um, and I think that the Golden Knights, their emotion and, and kind of taking that edge to Matthew Kachuk was one of those ways to combat that and not allow him to kind of take the game over. Well, I think he has to be uh, on, on the right side of it right now. He, oh, yeah. He can't yeah. get uh, goal uh, Kachukian uh, during during a game because of the stakes uh, with that team right now. So uh, he, he has been involved uh, a, a lot this year in at different points. But last night was probably one of those where he had to control himself but and and when we first looked at it uh i thought boy what's he doing the team's up why is he why is he getting poking the bear with uh with vegas but it was vegas that that poked him and, and got him yep. well but uh it was a lot of fun let's take a break when we come back the Mike Lee Minden Hockey Parlay Contest. Uh, we will take a call. I'm not going to open the phones just yet. We'll do it on the other side, and then we'll give you the games, and hopefully you can win some cash. It's Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. All right, let's get right to it. 702-876-1340. You didn't have to do that. <laughs> 702-876-1340. We want to play the Mike Lee Minden Hockey Parlay Contest. Parlay. That's the one. Parlay. Parlay! Time to parlay with the insiders. Brought to you by Michael E. Minden Diamond Jewelers in the Fashion Show Mall. Shane, 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 Shane. We need your information. So please stay on the line, okay? After we are done this, stay on the line because we've got to get all your information. Uh, should you win uh, the big, big pot of gold that uh, we're playing for 300 bucks uh, this week. We're going to give you three games and you pick uh, the winner of all three. Uh, you are the winner of the Mikey Lee Minden Hockey Parlay Contest. You feeling confident? Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, well, you don't know the games yet. You know mine will be easy, but the other <laughs> the other two. Uh, give it up there, Ryan. All right. So as Darren mentioned, this week it's for $300. We're going to give you three games. If you win all three, you win the money. If you lose just one of the games, you lose out on the prize, and we roll that money into next week. All right, Shane, we're going to go in order. It's going to be Chapman, then me, then Darren. Chapman, hit Shane with his first game. All right, Shane, the first game you're picking is the Vancouver Canucks at a team we are familiar with because we saw them last night. They are playing in Sunrise against the Florida Panthers. Tomorrow night. Uh, Panthers. Panthers. First game after a road trip. Normally teams struggle a little bit, but 
I don't mind your call. It'll be entertaining. I know that. With those two teams, the way they are going uh, right now, it'll be wildly entertaining. What do you got, Ryan? All right, game number two, Shane. I've got the New Jersey Devils at the Los Angeles Kings tomorrow night. Give it to us again. Ooh, the, the, the phone broke up there, Shane. Can you give it to us one more time? Who are you taking, New Jersey or L.A.? Uh, the Devils, New Jersey. Okay, Devils to win on the road. Our last game, Philadelphia tomorrow night in Washington to take on Alexander Ovechkin. Got to go with the Capitals. I agree with that. Okay, so we've got the Florida Panthers at home beating Vancouver, Washington outdueling Philadelphia on home ice, and New Jersey on this West Coast trip taking out the L.A. Kings. That would be great for you, and that would be great for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, so I love it. If you win, $300 coming your way, but you got to sweep all three games. Uh, the first couple of weeks of this, we've had the contestant win two of three. It's not yep. enough. So you got to get past the chat. The Chapman one, I think, is going to be the toughest because that's what uh, has stumbled uh, people in the last couple of weeks. Vancouver and Florida, and you're taking the Panthers. Uh, Shane, stay on the line for us, okay? We'll get all your information all right. so we're ready. Uh, coming up, uh, full Bruce Cassidy commentary from his meeting with the media this morning. Uh, more on Mark Stone, and we'll get into one-timers news notes from there in the National Hockey League. Weird night last night in the NHL both results and some plays. It wasn't just Vegas that had all the reviews. There was a, a couple scattered around the National Hockey League landscape. Well, we'll be right back on Fox Sports Las Vegas.